You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Jesus, would we this morning very, very well celebrate Angelo for sharing his God experience with us. Thank you so much. So deeply blessed. Thank you so, so much. Um, help me very purposefully look at the person next to you and tell them I love you very much. That's, if you're new here, it might be a bit of a shock, but just tell them that's how we do here. And you know, it always amuses me as pastor to say this thing and then see people just ignore the person next to them. With, with strong, but let, let God touch your heart. Okay, look at the other person and tell them, I love you very much too. Yeah? Because when you come to church, you kind of decide in advance which of your neighbors you will talk to today. You kind of like, not this one on the left, maybe this one on your right. Okay? Um, help me ask them, this is your first time at LifePoint, if it is, help me welcome them to church. Explain to them why, why we're here, what we're doing. Tell them about Jesus. And, and stuff like that, okay? All right, um, next week we finish this long teaching series about the history of the church, thank God. Uh, hallelujah. So we can now move to, <laughs> amen. Huh? Um, on Wednesday we teach on the last, uh, so this Wednesday, this Wednesday? The last, the last letter, the seven letters to the churches in Revelation. This Wednesday we teach on the last one. So if you've not come for any, you just want to be like you were part of the series, come on Wednesday will teach um, and promises to be fantastic um, Christmas is near alright um, this year please plan for Christmas don't let it take you by surprise um, but specifically may I ask us as a church to please plan to be a blessing to people around us uh, so this year start saving money start thinking about it start praying and asking God how he would have you reach out to people or a person but don't let it come uh, and surprise you. Lastly, if we're starting a support group for anyone, young men, men, any man, who is struggling with any form of sexual addiction, anything at all, a broad range, uh, may I ask to please, so it's a, it's, 
we're sharing out of our experiences. We are trusting God. We've put some material together. It will start this week. Uh, so if you want to join, you can walk up to me if you see me or any of the pastors and ask to be signed up. Or if you want to be like really discreet, you can send. Because if anybody then sees you talking to me after service, they might then say, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we always knew. But, uh, but just ignore world people. But that means nobody's going to see me after service, right? That's fine. Uh, but otherwise, send an email to pi at lifepointng.org. Pi at lifepointng.org. Otherwise, see Caleb um, and get, but just shall get across to us, all right? All right, uh, today, please take notes in church. I know we're the generation that remember that has photographic memory, but just for the sake of, Pastor said so, please take notes in church. As you take notes, it helps you to participate in the word. Do not do, put your phone on flight mode before you use it to take notes because you know they will drag you into Twitter and then you won't remember anything I said, all right? But please take notes. Um, I, I was, I'm, so every message that we preach comes, there's a journey, there's a path. Um, and I think it was sometime in the course of the week I said to someone, I said, I think I'm going to preach on Sunday. Um, and I trust God that he he has something for not just one person, but for everyone in service today. So please take note. All right. Um, the Pentecostal church. They refuse to give my board today, but it's fine. I, I will write with my board. I want a board. I want to write. I insist on writing. Help me ask the person next to you, are you on fire? Are you, are you on fire? Are you, are you on fire? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Because I... Yeah. Because that is one prayer that I've had all through this conversation about the history of the church. Now, the one thing I've asked God to please do is that every single person that comes to Life Point, whether it's your first time, whether you've been coming since five years or whatever, um, the church is only four years, I know. But whatever it is, that by the end of this year, you will be on fire for God, right? That's my prayer. Because you know how it is a pastor, sometimes you're trying to have conversations about my brother, why are you always drinking this Remy Martins every day? And you're just like, but then you get tired as a pastor. Like, look, I don't even, you say, pastor, where is it in the Bible? I shouldn't drink so much wine. And I'm like, you know, you know, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you and him can have that conversation. And then I just go and do my bowling, right? Yes. <laughs> I heard him say that. I pick up lines, you know, a higher level of bowling. But the Holy Spirit is not just coming to convict you of the things that you should not be doing. We all have our list. But he's also coming to empower us for the things that he wants us to do. In the month of December, we'll talk about purpose. Ephesians chapter 2 and 10, I think, begins to speak about the things that God says. We are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Your life is not a mystic. You are not just the result of sex between your father and your mother. And yes, they had sex to have you. Don't let them deceive you. But that's not just, that is not, that's not, you didn't just show up, you are on purpose. And, and I think it's important. And your purpose is bigger than a thing. Your purpose is bigger than a company. Your purpose is bigger than a relationship. All right, so the Pentecostal church. We've been looking at the history of the church from the church as Israel. And then we spoke about um, the early church. And we spoke about Pentecost and sacrifice um, and then the church in Jerusalem and all the wonderful things that happened there. And then we spoke about the Catholic church 
and the Orthodox Church. And we said the word Catholic is universal. The word Orthodox is that whole definition of a set of doctrines or beliefs. And then I think that progressed into the Protestant Church. We talked about Martin Luther and we talked about the, the Reformation, right? And, and we talked about how they would use new media or printing press. And, and the language, uh, the Bible being translated to different languages meant the truth left just the pulpit. And we talked about the fact that they would then begin to say, look, what are the things that God has really said in his word? And the Protestant church, and we talked about how there were different branches of the Protestant church, the Baptist, the Anglican. Um, I always forget the list, all right? But then last week we spoke about the evangelical church. Is it that you don't like me using my board? Or why do you guys hide it? Why? My handwriting is bad. I know. Now you brought the board. No marker. Anyway, guys, this is Sam. Thank you. Sam is so helpful. Let's put our hands together for Sam. Single Sam. <laughs> Amen. So today I want to talk about the Pentecostal church. Because the evangelical church um, is very big on the spread of the gospel. Last week we said, please, I am not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sometime at the beginning of the early 1900s, a, a new dispensation is birthed. Can you please play me like, you know, do you have like fire songs? <laughs> no, 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 that's Daddy Shoki, you can't do that one. <laughs> you have like, you know, like... Tunsi's one and Victoria Renzi at the end. If you play Victoria Renzi now, we won't do the service. But at the end, you know. But anything about anointing and all that, yeah? So I just want to get in the zone, right? And so Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Acts of the Apostles chapter 2 and verse 1. Write it in your note. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. That's the first thing that should be in your note today. This is going to go very quickly. But I believe that you will not be the same again. I, I strongly believe that. The Bible says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there was, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. It says, then there appeared, appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is, you know, Jesus says, do not go anywhere, told the disciples. And Pentecost happens. That is how the church was birthed. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as, I'll talk about the history very shortly, but the evangelical church or the church of the day gets somewhere and they realize, come guys, what happened in Acts chapter 2 here was not just a historical event. By the way, you know, it says, it says there was like fire on each person and uh, I don't know if it's physics or what, but it will tell you that there's something called the fire triangle, right? And that for fire to happen, you need three things. That's a triangle. It's got three sides. <laughs> you need, um, what are the things you need for fire to happen? Like oxygen. Like, yeah, you need some, some oxygen thing. So just put oxygen here. It's O-X-Y-G-E. Oxygen, that's oxygen there right? <laughs> you need like some fuel, right? Something to burn, yeah? But you need like a, a heat source, right? You need, you need a spark or something or, or sorry? 
ignition source. That's an engineer. Ignition source. Are you sure? You're, you're, this is not just sounding right. Okay. <laughs> I write it now. And someone now tweets. The pastor wrote something wrong. So, and this is for fire. And I'm going to come to this. Because I was preparing for this and, and God began to, you know, impress in my heart that he says, look, I'm the one who brings the fire. That God owns the fires. In Hebrews chapter 6, I think it says, our God is a consuming fire. But the oxygen, in fact, and the way to extinguish any fire or to even stop it from happening is to take out at least one of these, right? And he, he, so I began to say, but what is the oxygen, Lord? And, and he began to speak about the body of Christ and our meetings and us coming together and his presence. And so Jesus will say in Matthew chapter 18, he says, when two of you, he says, whenever two of you are gathered, he says, there I am in your midst. And I was like, why didn't he just say, because I know that it's when I, when I, when I go and pray, he's there. But he says there is something about the gathering of the body of Christ. The foil, guys, is what we will find ourselves. Is what we will go and find. In Isaiah chapter 55, it says, those who test, says, show up, buy wine without money. Help me ask the person next to you, ask them, are you on fire? Are you, are you on fire? Are you on fire? There's a sweet spot in modern Christianity where you go to the right church, you, you have the right podcast rights and the right music, some of it right beside your Bonner boy and, and the other ones, right? Just the right quantity to balance. Uh, and you know what a good message is, but you have no fire. It's a sweet, so nobody can really call you a crazy Christian, but they cannot call you uncool. You are happening, and you have a little bit of the Holy Ghost. Just a little bit. Help me ask the person, next time you, you should be on fire. I should be seeing some smoke coming out of your wig. Yeah, I should be. I should not be able to sit so comfortably beside you, right? <laughs> for someone, as I was talking about preparing for this and, and talking about fuel, I, I did get the impression that someone needed to memorize scripture. And I don't know who you are, but and I'm going to have to preach properly today. But you have to memorize scripture because there has been, you have, you have taken in too much rubbish. Simple. I'm telling you, part one, two, three to eight is too much. It's too much. You don't call, I didn't call anybody's show. Just relax. <laughs> but it's too much. There's a guy you watch too much pornography before you got saved. Yeah. And you need the word of God. You need, to, you need to put the word of God within your heart. It says, let the word of God dwell richly within you. For some of you, there's the, it is dwelling within you, but it's poorly. It's one verse, one lean verse. You took a shot when Jesus wept. You've been memorized, you've been meditating on it for the whole year. No, move on. So, <laughs> I know I the message, but it's interesting that as we contemplate the Pentecostal church, that in our individual experiences, we need to figure out what is a fire extinguisher for us. That in your own personal life, what is a fire extinguisher for you? Some of you, 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 you can go out on Saturday night, the after party after the wedding, and then you really can't, you're not, so even if you went to church on Sunday, the fire is, for some reason, it takes you time to reconnect. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16 all the way to 19, it says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning 
you, for the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And in verse 19, it says, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Do not quench the spirit. Do not put off the fire of the Holy Spirit. Ajokesh should actually memorize this particular scripture. Let me tell the person next to you, tell him, please memorize some scripture. Please, please memorize some scripture. Please memorize some scripture. Because for me, when the Pentecostal church is born, the charismatic church is born, it, I think they come to the place where they realize that we can argue and we should very much argue about doctrine. Oh, and the arguments that have happened about doctrine are legendary. And we still try on Twitter. It's a bit lame what we do on Twitter and all, but we try on our day. But people have written books, have, have argued. And, and, you know, there's all sorts of swings. But they realize, look, we can't do this without the Holy Spirit. That Acts chapter 2, where we just read, was not just history. That this was meant to be the very currency of, the very currency of our Christian walk. But the Christian life wasn't meant to be lived in the intellect. Jesus was saying, John 3, he says, when you're born of the Spirit, it's like the wind. So I'm eye on fire as a Christian. And it's interesting that as we begin to talk about this, um, that we will speak about the word called revivals. But the, the interesting thing is that our revivals happen on the outside in the church. They must also happen on the inside of the people yeah, who participate in the revival. Because otherwise, they, they are not sustainable. Otherwise, they become corrupted. And sometimes when you, I don't know, what do you fry? Like plantain, Chinaya help me. Sometimes you fry plantain. Sometimes the outside is, do you fry plantain? You do. Sometimes like the outside is all, and by this I'm exposing that I don't really fry plantain a lot. But when I see P.O. fry plantain, the, the outside is a bit brownish. But sometimes it's not gotten inside yet, right? I'm, I'm right on this one, right? It's a good analogy, good. Now guys, you don't understand what I'm saying because you guys don't cook. Shame on you. <laughs> but sometimes the heat is touching the outside. But there is something that has happened about the revival that must also happen on the inside. Interestingly, charismatic revivals. I'm just talking this morning, but it's okay. I would, I would, I would preach the message. Charismatic revivals must also fundamentally produce love. They must, otherwise they will be truncated. I have seen people roll on the floor, speak in tongues of men, angels, all sorts, and behave crazy three days later. The Holy Spirit touched them, but they didn't let him touch his, their heart. You've not seen prophets that are very unnice. So that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we must open up our very insides and our hearts and let that fire touch us and produce not just the gifts, but also the fruits of the Spirit. I would read a long time ago, God's Generals. It's a book by, oh, I can't remember his name. Yeah? Tell me. Yes, Robert Laird. Nifemi, you're just copying people's answers. Yeah? <laughs> Uh, and it was talking about one person after the other, people who participated in this whole birth of the Pentecostal church. And, but I got scared as a young person because these guys will do tremendous things under the influence of the Holy Spirit. 
but you would see person after person who went off into some excess or who had some weakness. And I remember, this is much younger, much, much younger. And I remember at the point in time I said, well, God, I'm not quite sure I want you to use me because I don't think I want to end up like this. That conversation has progressed between myself and God. But sometime, the history, sometime in the early 1900s, a gentleman called Charles Parham is an evangelist. He begins to teach about divine healing. And so he, he pushes to the front this cause, the emergence of Pentecostalism. He starts a church or a school in Kansas. He calls it the Bethel Bible School. And then he begins to say, look, the speaking in tongues is actually evidence of an experience that belongs to the Christian, which he says is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. At about the same time, there's a revival happening in Wales, Welsh revival, 1904 to 1905. And so people are gathering. They will gather fuel and with the right kind of oxygen and God will bring the fire. They would have a meeting. They, they would have a meeting and it will not just be the regular type of meeting. Maybe that then sometimes they didn't set out to have a meeting. For some of these ones, they just said, well, 10 of us, why don't we meet up uh, Saturday, you know, instead of watching this Arsenal match, we know they're going to lose and embarrass us again. Why don't we just meet up, guys, and comfort ourselves in the Holy Spirit? You know, and, and they're there. They said the match is 90 minutes, let's pray in tongues for 60 minutes. After 60 minutes, we'll check the scores. And, and then they start, they start, they'll be praying in the Holy Spirit. So the oxygen is there, the foil is there, and then the fire falls. And then all sorts of things begin to happen. In fact, when Paham begins this whole revival or this Bible school, he has a young man called William Seymour, who was a black preacher. And then that gentleman travels in 1906. And there's a revival that breaks out on Monday, April the 9th, 1906. It moves to a location called 312 Azusa Street. And so you might have heard that before. Guys, this is the history of the church to which we belong. And sometimes it, it is important that we know where we are coming from. That we know where our fathers have been. With Azusa Street, it was amusing. They would just come and people left work. People all across America would just show up. Preachers all across America went there. It was like almost like a tourist thing. And people would just preach. People would testify. And the Holy Spirit would just break out in all sorts of ways. And people would sing in the Holy Spirit. People would sing in tongues. Because once you had the oxygen, once you had the fuel, and God will bring the fire. Preparing for this, I started to say to myself, and I'm probably going to end the message with that, how not to have fire, how not to have revival, how to prevent it from happening in your life. And that revival will generate all sorts of unplanned things, unplanned in men's eyes. But I know that God was just working. Jesus says, I am the branch, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And as we've looked through the history of the church, we see all sorts of branches. 
all sorts of branches. One of the associates of Seymour, William Seymour, from the Azusa Revival, a lady called Florence Cramer, or Crawford, will bring, go to the Northwest and start in 1908 what was called, the, what is then called the Apostolic Faith Church. Some other guy in 1908 called John G. Lake will go to South Africa and form the Apostolic Faith Mission of South Africa and the Zion Christian Church. As it went on, there, were jet, there was also the birth of something called the Healing Revival. And so people like William Braham, Oro Roberts, Robert Gordon Lizard, T.L. Osborne, will begin to say, look, once the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he gives you gifts, he lets us be able to do the things that Jesus did to heal, amongst other things. And Pentecostalism will spread across America, across the world. Of course, like I said earlier, it did not come without excesses, without its weaknesses, without its extremes. Because sometimes it's not easy to know when it's the Holy Spirit moving the person or when the person is trying to move the Holy Spirit. And sometimes not all men have faith. So people would pretend. People would act out. Sometimes the Holy Spirit said one and people would do 20. When I was growing up, I grew up in Benin and I had the privilege of listening to T.L. Osborne and Archbishop Benson in Dahosa and a host of other people. And so, for example, I grew up seeing people lay hands on people and then fall. And, and laying on hands is not foreign to our faith. Bible would say, I think it's Hebrews chapter 5, the end, Hebrews chapter 6, when it speaks about the fundamental doctrines of the faith, it would speak about laying on of hands. So grace and the power of God was meant to be transferable. People falling down under the anointing um, is something that I, I probably have fallen down like two or three times. But I, I think it was Archbishop who once said, when you fall down, you should get up a different person. But I've said something, and if, you, if you've listened to me talk, and you've heard me say this over and over again, that the presence of counterfeits must never reduce our appetite for the original. Never. Never. There are fake iPhones everywhere. You are still keen on your iPhone. Next week, we're done. We're talking about the future of the church. I will speak about, with Demi Ladi's help, speak about the, 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 the history of the church in Nigeria for about 10 or 15 minutes. But today, I, look, I, this one's been, I felt just God saying, look, guys, what happened in history in those days, the fire of God will fall. And it was, it's just that same, you know, God was saying, are we, are we fine with this brand of Christianity where we don't really see the fire of God? Are we okay with it? So I'm just a short one. How not to have, because he was painting this picture in my mind about us having revivals and Pentecost in our families, on our jobs, in our churches. And I've been saying to us, guys, out of life point, people will go 
and they would start churches. People would go and they would start organizations. So I'm not even, so when I speak to us now, I no longer speak to us like a Sunday morning crowd. I, so if Christ tarries 20, 30 years, while I'm playing golf, wherever I am playing golf, people will be texting me, my goodness, P.I. Chinaye is just blowing up all Eastern Nigeria with her, oh, sorry, I was going to say London. <laughs> oh, well, let, let's follow what God is saying. Okay, Eastern Nigeria and London, so that there's a nexus there. Okay, you join me in London, because I'm going there, God. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you think, okay, it is focus, focus. How not to have Pentecost in your life? How, so just to be sure, I'll just say a couple of things. Number one, do not spend time in God's presence beyond what is expected or normal. If you're writing notes, write, please, write, write. Do not, okay, because it's just important. There might be one or two people here who want no fire in their life. These are the things you must do. Do not spend time in God's presence beyond what is expected or normal. Acts chapter 4 and 31, the Bible says, and when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Acts 13, 2, the Bible says they ministered and they fasted. So don't do any of those things. You can come to church on Sundays, but be careful. Come to church late, after worship. Come after worship. Leave immediately the pastor finishes. That way you, don't, you are in church, but you don't take in too much of the service. Yeah, because if you stay in God's presence long enough, he will pour some fire on you. He will. That's number one. Number two, do not pray beyond your needs. Do not. Don't do intercession. That's tricky business. I'm telling you, people qualified intercessors here like Tosin and all will tell Tony and all will tell you that when you start to intercede, it's like sometimes God is just dragging you. You're praying, you're praying. Next thing you know, you've been praying for three hours. Don't intercede. Pray for your needs alone. All right? Only your needs. Because that, and then, oh, please do not. That's the same part too. Definitely do not spend extended time praying in the Holy Spirit. That one is a trick. God always gets them. Because <laughs> you pray with the Holy Ghost, you know, just pray, Labo, Sharaban, Nabrad, ah, no, that thing. You don't do it. Because Jude 20 says, when you do that, you build up yourself in your most holy faith. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Let me ask the person next to you, are you on fire? Are, are you on fire? Are you on fire? I can't, I can't feel your heat. I can see your, your makeup. It's, 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 on, it's on that flick. Is that still right? Is that still something to say? If I say it's on flick, your beards are trimmed, your perfume is a bit strong, you know. But are you on fire? Just preparing for this. Somebody, the book of Jude is a short book and you need to memorize. I don't know who you are. I don't know what conversation you're having with God. You need to memorize the book of Jude. It's a small one. Number three, do not stay around people who are chasing after God. How not to have fire. That, that one is important. Do not stay around people who are chasing after God. It's like hugging someone who's been eating um, maybe like banga soup or something with their hands. They will put oil on you. Don't do that. Right? They will drag you along. Saul shows up one day. He enters a company of people. He starts to prophesy. Don't, don't follow them. All these people are like always, they're just listening to message. You see them on the road. Sometimes they're praying. Don't do this one. Because anointings sometimes fall on people just because of where they are. One day they put a dead man mistakenly into the grave of a prophet. And the guy, the guy wakes up. So you need to choose your friends very carefully. So this is the how you don't want to be on fire. Choose your, look for friends that have no desire for God. 
As I was preparing for this, look, there's someone whose prayer sessions you would be praying in your house. And people in your house will get filled with the Holy Spirit. You would not preach, you would not pray. You would just be praying in your room. Someone's prayer and worship sessions will break the hold of barrenness for a couple, somebody around them. The Bible says that the apostles were in prison, they were praying. The Bible says that when the earthquake happens, the Bible says that doors were open, not just their doors, but doors of prisons all around them. Healings will happen just because of the fire of God in your life. So there's a sweet spot, guys. That spot where you are socially Christian, but there's no fire. It's, it is okay. It's okay. You put, you know, at the appropriate times, you put a nice Jesus message on Instagram once in a while, nothing too much. But it's a sweet spot. It allows you to get in the club without being recognized. No, because there's a way you can put, there's a way that you can carry the fire of God and you're about to enter the club and the bouncer is looking at you like, <laughs> he knows that the spirit is there's something there. Yeah, sometimes people think I'm just talking today, but you'll be you will be you will be in the middle of the dance hall and you you won't know you start praying in the spirit. <laughs> you start praying in the tongues. They say, What did you say? Uh, yep. Uh, yep, yep, yep. How not to how to make sure this Pentecost thing doesn't happen, control everything. Make sure that everything you do, everything you plan is well, thoroughly thought out and that you can explain it logically. You can use filters in your mind to explain it because the Bible says he that is born of the Spirit is like the wind. So sometimes you do not know where he's going to. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you. So when you feel those impulses in your heart, it says pray for, just blank. Otherwise he would lead you, he would put fire on you. The last one, so we can pray this morning, you must double. You must find the border lines and then put one leg here and one leg there. You must taste without drinking, touch without grabbing, hold without owning. You know what I mean. You must play both sides. Because grace and mercy are in huge supply. Because those who do not double have to commit. People who double, they will not really... Because there is a way that this fire comes upon you. You, can, even you cannot predict the things you will do. But we don't want that. I said it a couple of weeks ago. Who wants to be in the middle of a board meeting and say, look, guys, God has impressed something in my heart. Who wants to do that? Who wants to destroy their career like that? Why? Why? Or you wake up and see that you were praying the Holy Spirit for over the night and you tweeted some things. Who wants to do that? But who even wants to be in the service worshiping God just and the fire falls and then your wig is one way? And if people see your natural hair, who's going to do that? No, never. God forbid. <laughs> or like all that one you saw your parents do they will now lie down on the ground God have mercy somebody now take a picture post it that's the end so you must double you must come to the wedding party but make sure that you do not have enough oil in your lamps you must have the makeup have everything Galatians chapter 5, he says, I say then to you walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts after the spirit and the spirit after the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So you cannot do the things that you wish. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 8, the Bible says, He who sows to the flesh will the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap eternal life. It's a good time to start playing victorious song.
I don't even know what you have been playing since. So, it, <laughs> no, I'm just telling you, you've been playing Mozart since I'm telling you, but I just didn't want to call you out. <laughs> we stay on the same street, brother. You have to help my ministry. <laughs> that key you're using, I don't like it. Play it properly. How do they know what you're saying? I'm just kidding, guys. That's not, Nat is a very nice guy, but he's not single. All right. God brings the fire. The oxygen will find, we know where this is. But this fuel, yeah, that's, that's what, that's, you know, Angel was talking earlier and talking about the transitions that he's faced in life. But, you know, one thing you could hear, you could sense out of his story was the fact that in all of this, he was collecting fuel that there was an engagement he had with God and has with God. Fuel. Yeah. Yeah. You know how that when you are carrying, you know, when you have um, 25, those kegs of petrol, the last thing you, that should happen is that people should go there with a matchbox. Father, we are asking that your fire will fall upon us beyond, beyond the things that we can explain that your fire would fall upon us. And that what then happens is that it's, no, it's, it's more than just healings. It's that the Bible calls them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And for some people, it's the knowledge of witty inventions. For the people, it is just boldness. For some people, you know, in, in Acts chapter 2, they began to say, these guys are drunk. And there's someone here you've been, you've been high consistently for the last couple of days. Yeah. But God, will you let God show you what he showed our fathers? The Azusa revival was amazing. These guys would just show up in the morning. The Holy Spirit would take over. For someone, maybe it's just to carry fuel in your heart and just listen to the Bible. For someone is to spend time praying in the Holy Spirit. For some time it's worship. It says how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. For someone it's just to stop quarreling. Just to stop quarreling. Just to stop quarreling. But I'm so, so desirous of a church, of a people who literally carry the fire of God. The Bible says it got to a point they would go to, they would just wait for the apostles to be heading out. Because it says sometimes when their shadows walked past people, the people got healed. I'm like, God, do on fire. And it's a, it's a, there's a, I can sense a connection between all the things we've been talking about. There are people who would commit to God fully. You know, last week it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I just sense that, you know, God wants, God said, oh boy, give me some chance now, yeah. You let all sorts of people sing you into stupidity. He says, but let give me a chance in your life. We'll pray. We'll pray in a minute. We'll pray in a minute. I'm going to ask Chinea to come lead in prayer. Dolakbo and Shala, you can grab mics also and just pray behind. But our prayer, our worship in the next couple of minutes, let the Holy Spirit, let this fire fall upon me. You know. <laughs> One day they show up in Cornelius' house. Uh, the Bible says as Peter is still speaking, the Holy Spirit falls. I don't know about you guys, but man, I felt the fire of God in my life. And I just decided, look, I don't want empty Christianity. I don't want any sort of pretense anymore. I don't really care if you think I'm a Christian or not. I know I'm a Christian. God knows I'm a Christian. That's been settled. 
But what I desire is the fire of God. Help me hold the person next to you. No, not hug, just hold your hand. And while the band sings that song, you don't have to sing the song. I want you to pray for them. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Hold their hand and just pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Could we sing that song? Hold someone's hand and just pray in the Holy Spirit for them. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's the Father of heavenly lights in whom there is no variable. There is there a shadow of turning, Lord. I pray for my brother. I pray for my sister. Lord, let your fire fall. Set my heart on fire for you, oh, for you, oh, Lord, oh, set my heart on fire. to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.